Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen in the house. How are you? All good in the hood, I hope. And I hope you are having a fantastic Sunday. Can you believe, ladies and gents, that we are in week two? Just finishing week two, sorry. We are about to start week three of the Santa Shred. And by the end of next week, we'll almost be halfway through. But, ladies and gents, a big but... Okay, we still have an entire month on the Santa Shred, an entire month. So there is plenty of time if you haven't had the best of weeks to get back on track, to get focused and still smash this Santa Shred. What I wanted to do with this check-in is I'm going to break it down into two parts. Firstly, it's going to be a bit of kind of coaching from from me uh, and I'll explain why as we go through. And then I'm going to be answering some questions. And one of the main reasons, of course, last week, there were so many questions, okay? Amazing questions. I was on for an hour and a half answering all of your questions, and they were simply fantastic. And what I wanted to do is try and solidify a lot of the questions that I got asked this week and last week into a little bit of coaching, okay? And it's really going to help you with the week that we've got coming up. So, Without further ado, ladies and gents, I'm going to I'm going to get straight into it. Cuz the first thing, ladies and gents, which I want to talk about is wobble week. Oh yes. Wobble week. Week 3, I like to call wobble week. And one of the main reasons that I like to call it wobble week and I've got a wobble for you, ready? One of the main reasons that I like to call it wobble week is this is usually the week where everything that you've been doing for the last two weeks tends to catch up on you what do I mean by that a lot of you might be going or might have been going a little bit too hard the last two weeks and what tends to happen during wobble week is your body lets you know by telling you to slow or no or do not go And this is something that we need to get over. Now, for those of you who are runners out there, you'll know what this is like when you're running a marathon. And I'm doing this analogy of a marathon because we were talking about this last week. We were talking about that we were here and we were just there. Now, if you double that line there, we are still only about nine miles into the marathon. So we've still got plenty of time. What happens in that 9, 10, 11, 12 mile mark though on a marathon? And what tends to happen during week three is we hit a bit of a wall. We hit a bit of a wall and our body says to us, nah, uh, I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do this. And here's the thing about your body saying that. It's full of shit. Because what this week is all about is it's going to test you you're probably going to have a little bit of a mini meltdown one day this week where things might not go according to plan and the one thing that comes to your head is, fuck this, okay? Do not, okay? Because what you have to understand is we're going into this wobble week and what I want you to do is expect that this is going to be a little bit more difficult week. You might have a couple of difficult days. You might just have one wobble day. And the reason that I'm talking about this now is because I want you to understand what you're going through, understand it's perfectly normal, and look at it as a test to see how much you want this. Because if 
if you get through that day, you go to sleep and you wake up the next day, you're going to feel better in the morning. I promise you that. You just need to get through uh, this wobble week. So go into this week with a positive mindset, knowing that sometime this week, a lot of people get that sound and they have a little bit of a wobble. And I know that you can get through this week because if you get past this week, if you get over that wobble, I'm telling you now, weeks four, five, and six are going to feel fantastic. So wobble week, that is what we're fast approaching. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to talk about was something that I spoke about um, at the beginning of this. And it was about diet, it was about nutrition, and it's about training. And I always say this when people ask me uh, advice on certain diets, on certain things. And I say, look, everything works if it adheres to the fundamentals and you can keep consistent with it, okay? So make sure that what it is that you're doing is enjoyable, maintainable, sustainable, and you can see yourself doing it a year from now. One of the main things that you hear me talking about in this Santa Shred is I want everybody to look at this more than just six weeks, okay? This isn't a how much weight we can lose in six weeks thing. One of the main focuses for me during the six weeks is to educate you as much as possible. So not only are you going to get a result, you're going to keep a result and you're going to maintain that result over Christmas so you understand exactly what it is that you need to do going forward. And what you essentially need to do is find something that contains all of this. And when you go to extremes to get a result, you might get the result a bit quicker but it comes with consequences. You know, a lot of people will say to me, oh, Jay, you know, um, I haven't lost any weight and it's only been two weeks. Here's the thing, right? Every single one of you could easily lose weight if I just turned around and said, right, all I want everybody in here to do is have 300 calories a day. That's it, just 300 calories a day. Firstly, I'd never advise anybody to do that. But secondly, every single one of you next week would turn around and go, oh my God, Jay, I've lost five pounds. Oh my God, Jay, I've lost 10 pounds. Oh my God, Jay, I've lost 15 pounds. And do you know what's going to happen? You're going to feel terrible, terrible, because your body needs more than that many calories. So although you see a positive weigh-in on the scale, you're going to feel like crap and your body is going to tell you about it. So this is what we are focused on. And we need to be looking at our habits and routines in the knowledge that if we keep to those habits and routines, we'll get to our outcome goal. We will. And when we do get there, we'll stay there because we enjoyed the journey to get there. So enjoyable, maintainable, sustainable. And you can see yourself doing it a year from now. The next thing that I want to talk about is this. Now, this is a common thing that I see. Jay, I completed all of my workouts this week. All of them. Jay, I tracked all of my steps this week. Jay, I tracked all of my nutrition this week. But I weighed myself and I haven't lost any weight. And then people lose their mind because they are focused on one variable. Oh, the scale didn't say that my gravitational pull to the earth isn't lighter. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Let's just fast. Let's just rewind. Two weeks ago, you weren't hitting your workouts as hard as you were. You weren't tracking any steps. You weren't eating as healthy as you are now or tracking your nutrition. 
yet you're forgetting that all the things that you've been doing the last two weeks are contributing to your overall health, wellness, confidence, and success. And just because one tiny thing isn't showing you this thing in your head which you think it needs to show, that everything that you're doing is pointless, which of course is complete bollocks, as you know. Because if we do my my emoji math, three, three amazing things, completing workouts, tracking steps, and tracking nutrition, minus the little thing about not seeing the scale drop a little bit, equals two happy faces, okay? Even if we took one away, it still equates to a positive. But a lot of people, they, they seem to not look at all the positive new habits that they're doing. And this is so, so important, ladies and gents, because just because you don't see that the scale is dropping doesn't mean that there's not something that's going on in your body. Your body composition is changing. Your energy levels are changing. Your strength levels are changing. There's lots of things going on in your body. And sometimes it takes a few weeks for the scale to show you what it is that you're doing. So one of the most important things that I can say with this Santa Shred is firstly, trust the process. And secondly, be patient. Because if you're doing everything correctly, it's only a matter of time. It really, really is. And that's where that patient comes in. Because everything that you're doing is making an investment. It's a small investment every day, an investment of workouts, an investment of movement, an investment of nutrition. And the thing about investing is you don't see a return on that investment for a period of time. But when you do consistently invest and it compounds over time, the results are incredible. So it is just a game of patience. And understand that if you are doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, it is only a matter of time, trust me. Okay? And something that we are going to talk about on this is how to tweak and change macros. Because if you are doing everything and you have honestly done everything, then that's even better because this week we can make a small tweak to our calories, which I'm going to show you in a bit. So please, please, please. Non-scale victories are a thing. Celebrating positive things that you're doing each and every day are a thing. And just because you're not currently seeing something on the scale at the moment doesn't mean A, it's not going to be there and, and B, that you've ruined everything or everything's pointless. Uh, another thing I want to say Liz, is comparison is the thief of joy. Now, one of the things that um, is difficult in this Santa Shred is that this is a challenge, of course, but it's not a challenge against other people. It's a challenge against yourself. Yes, there's a prize, Okay. And one of the things that I hate is the fact that people are looking at other people as competition. And if they're not where, you know, if they're not where they want to be or not in their head, they are compared to somebody else. They think they've lost the race. And what I want you to think about with this, ladies and gents, is, you know, the reason that you're doing this Santa Shred is not to win Christmas paid for. Yes, that would be nice. But the main thing is to learn new things get into some positive habits and routines in the build-up to Christmas. Lose a little bit of weight. Feel good about yourself. Have great energy levels. Look great in that black dress or tuxedo in the, in the lead-up to Christmas. These are the actual wins. 
that you want to be focusing on. And here's the thing, when you focus on those things, on feeling good, on looking good, on doing the best you can, you've got a higher chance of you know, winning that prize. Because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who just put everything into it. Okay, this and not looking at this as a competition, looking at this as a challenge to themselves. And the only competition is themselves. Every single person in here is on a different journey, a totally different journey. Some people have been training, you know, 10 years. Some people have been training two years. Some people have training, been training zero years. Some people have a lot of weight to lose. Some people might not have a lot of weight to lose. And one of the things when you compare people, all you're doing is comparing what somebody has commented in a group. You're not taking into account everything else that somebody has on in their day. You know, some people are luckier than others. Here's the thing, um, gents, when it comes to weight loss, we have it so much easier than ladies, okay? So much easier, and I will tell you that now. Multiple reasons, okay? But I, I was saying this to my wife. Um, one, okay, we don't have menstrual cycles. That is one of the most luckiest thing for us guys is that we do not have to deal with water weight fluctuations, mood fluctuations, all of the things that the ladies in here have to deal with. Um, secondly, gents, most of us are a lot taller, a lot heavier um, than the ladies, and we get to eat a lot more calories, okay? We get to eat a hell of a lot more calories. I diet, as in lose about a pound a week on about 3,000 calories a week, okay? It's not fair. It's not fair. So comparison, ladies and gents, is the thief of joy. The only person that you should be comparing yourself is the person that you were last year and the year before and the year before and the person that you were before the start of this Santa Shred. Nobody else because you are living a totally different life to everybody else. You have different wants, different needs, different goals. You know, some of you have kids, some of you don't have kids, some of you have partners, some of you don't have partners. Everybody is in very different situations. And also, if you expanded out beyond this six weeks, what you have to understand is that you know, this isn't a race. This isn't as who can win the race in six weeks because the race is, you know, life. Just because you reach a goal within this doesn't mean that it finishes there. You know, you should be having aspirations to say healthy, fit and strong for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years till you're on the planet. And when you look at things like that, you're a lot more patient, you're a lot more focused, you focus on more habits and routines and what it is that you can do consistently. And guess what? Not only do you get better results, you, know, you keep them. So just remember that, please. When you see people in this group that are posting because they've seen good results, give them a clap, give them a cheer. And that's what it's all about. And do not look at it as, oh my God, that person's taking something from me. That person's ahead in the race because they're not. Trust me. Okay, the success bucket. I want to talk to you about success. And I see this a lot with social media. And this, this comes down this comparison thing as well. I talk to a lot of, you know, I work with a lot of personal trainers and a lot of them get envious of other personal trainers who either have more followers than them, who have more clients than them, who have a bigger business than them. And it's exactly the same with, you know, the health, health fat loss and results too. And the reason that people get annoyed is that they believe that if somebody gets success, it means that it's taken from them because they genuinely think that success is a bucket, okay? There's only so much success in the bucket and every time somebody takes that success from the bucket, 
it means there's less, less, uh, less left for them. Okay. And this is a lot of people's mentality. They think that if somebody gets further along or if somebody gets more results, it means that it's going to be harder for them to get it too, which of course is bollocks because success isn't a bucket. Okay. Success is a flowing river. Every single human being can be successful. There is no limit to the success that somebody can have, especially when it comes to fat loss. Because actually what I find when I speak to my coaches, and I also speak to you guys, is the more that you collaborate with other people, the more that you share ideas, the more that you support each other, the higher the chance you get of succeeding. Now, that's why we have this Facebook uh, community. That's why we have our battle buddies. And that's why we have this mentality of genuinely knowing that if we all gather together, we all focus and support each other through the good times and bad and help each other out, every single person in here is going to succeed because there is no limit to it. It is a flowing river that everybody can take from, okay? So it's just about changing that mentality when it comes to that success. Another thing that's super important, and I actually heard this on a podcast today, uh, it's from Brenda Bouchard, and what he said is self-awareness is gained by self-evaluation. Now, one of the things that you've been doing for the last couple of weeks is doing self-evaluation. Okay, when you do the weekly check-ins, it's like on a scale of one to five. How is your nutrition? How is your training? How is your mindset? When you're tracking your steps, when you're tracking your nutrition, when you're tracking your workouts. The beautiful thing about self-evaluation is you get to check yourself before you wreck yourself. The great thing about self-evaluation is you become more self-aware of yourself. Now, one of the biggest problems that I see when it comes to people progressing is lack of self-awareness. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people genuinely believe that they're doing everything when they're not. And one of the worst things that I see when people come to me, they go, Jay, I'm doing everything that you said and I'm not getting anywhere. And I say to people, there's, there's two reasons for that. One, you're, you're either being impatient and, you know, you haven't been doing this long enough, a, a longer, you know, a long enough period of time to see the result or B, you're not doing everything. And the worst thing when it comes to progress is telling yourself that you're doing everything and you're not seeing the results because you then genuinely believe that this won't work for you. And this is where the self-evaluation comes in. And this is where this self-awareness and honesty comes in because I get to the end of the week and I'm the more brutally honest I am with myself, the better chance that I have a success. So if I say to myself, Jay, okay, weight hasn't changed this week. Let's have a look back at my steps. Did I get all my steps in? Yep, got all my steps in because obviously that's that's the easy one because it's tracked on my Apple Watch. Um, did I track all my nutrition? Now, the problem with tracking the nutrition is it's not automated. There is user error involved in that. So I ask myself, honestly, did I track everything properly? Did I really? Did I skip anything out? Uh, did I, you know, did I add any additional oils? Did I add, any, you know, did I count that milk in my tea? You know, did I do everything? Because small things add up. You know, if you if you miss 30 calories here, 30 calories there and 30 calories there, which is very easy to do. It's very easy to 
eat 30 calories more on at least three occasions in one day. But that's 90 calories in the day. 90 calories over 10 days, 900 calories. Okay, for a lot of you, it's over half your half a day's worth of food. All for a little 30, you know, 30 calorie bite. And, and these things are so easy to do. And I will tell you the things that I do when I notice, if I'm being honest, me um, clearing up the kids' dinners. Did I nick those last two chips on the plate? You're damn right I did. Um, Jay, did you, you know, did you put a little bit too much butter in when you cooked that steak? Did you, did you measure that butter? Because that was quite a big lump of butter. Oh, yeah. Because if I put 20 grams of butter instead of 10, that's, a, that's 90 calories more. And I'm telling you this because these are, these are the things that I do wrong. Okay, these are things that I slip up on and all of them add up and no one is perfect. Okay, I, I've yet to come across someone who says I've tracked everything to the ground. Doesn't happen. It, it can't happen. So the more honest we are with ourselves, the better we're going to get at this game because the more, the more self, the better we become at self-evaluation, the better we become at self-awareness and the better we become at winning the game. Also, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, every single week, we talk about non-scale victories. These are victories which you get that don't involve the gravitational pull to your earth. Because here's the thing, one scale victory equals this, yay, I lost weight, which is great, okay? And it will happen. It will 100% happen if you're doing everything right. But there's so many other non-scale victories which you can focus on. You know, more energy, more self-confidence, looking better naked, feeling better, making better decisions, feeling that you're a little bit more in control of your life, moving more, stretching more, you know, is really, really focusing on these things which you're experiencing every single week, which I guarantee you every single person that's watching and listening to this can think about a time in the last two weeks where something good, good has happened. Something from this Santa shred has happened which normally wouldn't. Okay, it could be the fact that you've lifted more. It could be the fact that you've completed these home workouts, which you didn't you know, do before, that you, you pushed through a tough workout. It could be that you got up early in the morning and went for a run. It could be that you got all your steps in. These are so important to look at because these are the things that are actually going to contribute to your scale victory too, because you'll be enjoying and seeing the things which you weren't previously doing. So be aware of your non-scale victories because they will equate to that one singular scale victory, which we, we which we place so heavily on when it comes to everything uh, to do with getting in, you know, getting in shape and getting fit and healthy. Another question which I want to ask you is this, and this is so important: What would you prefer? Would you prefer to be at your goal weight, feeling like shit, or look and feel awesome, but not be at your goal weight? If you looked in the mirror and you looked great, okay, the, your clothes fit, you feel strong, you feel full of energy, and, you know, visually and in your head you feel great, would you give a flying fuck what that scale says? You wouldn't. But the trouble that people have is that they will go to extremes, they will under-eat on calories, they will overdo on the steps and cardio, they will restrict their social lives, and then suddenly the only victory that they can feel good about is the fact that they're lighter on a step. And although that step says the thing that they want, 
they don't feel good. They feel lack of energy. They don't feel sociable. They've had to make too many sacrifices to get that looking, you know, the number that they want. And that's what I don't want for people. What I want people to do is thinking deep down that everything that you're doing on the Santa Shred is going to be focused on making you look and feel better, moving more, stretching more, training more, eating better food, being more aware of what's going in. These things over time are going to change your life. And although we do, you know, we are measuring looking at the scale weight, it will go down, trust me, if you're doing everything, because there is no magic to this. The only magic is being consistent and being patient. And it's so, so important to note because I would much rather look and feel awesome and not care about the scale um, than feel like crap and be at that goal weight. So, so important. Okay, next up, the nitty gritty, ladies and gents, how to tweak your calories. So for those of you who are on week two, some of you might be like, "Hmm, okay, cool. I've been following everything to the letter and, you know, it's not, I, I, you know, I'm not that hungry still. I'm, you know, I, I can drop my calories. So what should I do? The first thing that I'll always say is ask yourself this. And it comes down to this self-awareness, self-evaluation. Could I honestly look at myself in the mirror and say to myself, I've done everything to the letter and not missed a single calorie step or workout? And this is so important because if you have, you know, if you said, oh, I'm going to drop calories, but I drank loads of beer this weekend, but I drank loads of wine this weekend, but I, I went off track, you know, you're just going to make your nutrition so much more difficult by dropping it down now that might be a good strategic thing to tweak it if you know that you've tracked calories and gone over because of course we're not just looking at things on a daily basis we're looking at things on a weekly basis on on a six weekly basis um however if you are being honest with yourself and you're following everything then that's fine make that tweak because one thing we don't want to do is go to extremes to drop the weight to drop the calories, to be miserable for the next four weeks and go, yay, I'm lighter, but I feel awful. And then go mental at Christmas because that's one thing I don't want for anyone is to just go absolutely crazy on this six weeks, lose, you know, 30, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever, and then go, yay, and then go, oh, Christmas. Okay, I want people to get into the right mind frame for this so they look great, they feel great, and they want to continue this on through Christmas. Add a few mince pies, have a few, you know, some turkey and some Christmas pudding and everything else, but still go to the gym, still get your steps in, still enjoy what it is that you're doing. If that is the case, there are two options for you. And I would say when it comes to maintaining calorie deficit, it's eating less, moving more, or doing a combination of the two. So the first thing that I'd recommend is to, if you need to make a tweak, drop 100 calories a day. That's 700 calories a week. And based on keeping your protein exactly the same, but either choosing to drop 25 grams of carbs or 11 grams of fat, okay? Or, and this is one that might be applicable to some people, not all, or increase your steps to additional 2,000 steps a day, okay? So an additional 14 steps a week. And I would say, be careful with this because if you are, let's just say, getting 10,000 steps a day and you're struggling to get 10,000 steps in a day, adding another 2,000 steps a day is just going to make that goal a lot more difficult to do. If you are hitting 10,000 steps with ease, 
every single day because it's part of your routine and you like going out for a walk and you're listening to podcasts and music or you've got a dog and you like walking it, then adding an, an additional 2,000 steps a day might be great because you might add 1,000 in the morning and 1,000 in the evening and it's you know, you're already going out walking, so it's maybe an extra 15 minutes on your walk. So if that is the case, then you might want to not reduce your calories down. You might just want to increase your steps. Um, and once again, be careful with this as well because... You know, I would rather move more than eat less, but there is a limit to how much I can move more. Because if I'm spending hours and hours and hours moving, it's actually a much easier, quicker strategy just to drop that 100 calories a day. So be aware of your habits and routines and which one is going to be best suited to you. When it comes to your tweak, of course, if I had um, NutriCheck here, okay, I'm at, you know, 1800 calories here. 180 grams of carbs, 135 grams of protein, and 60 grams of fat. Um, what I'm going to do here is, is drop that down to 1,700 calories, and I'm going to take 25 grams of carbs off. So my numbers now are going to look like this. I'm going to have 155 grams of carbs. I'm going to have 135 grams of protein, and I'm going to have 60 grams of fat. And that's it. So I can just actually go on to there. And I know one of the things with this, um, if I go 155, it's just going to uh, mess around a little bit with the totals on here. Because um, that's going to say 34.44. So I'm just going to put that to 35%. And then I want to keep 30% of protein. So I want, then I want to move that fat to 35%. Okay. So that's taken it up a little bit there, which I need to have a look at. Oh yeah, sorry. Helps if I move that down to 1700. There we go. And I said 155, 155. Um, and that was 36.47. So what I'd actually do there is, uh, go on Jay. I'd round that up to 30, and this is obviously the free version, so this would be easier at the paid version. So 37.5, 30%, and then we've got the rest in fat. So we've got 67.5, so I can, I think that's right, 3.5. Yep, there we go. So that equates to 100%, so 1,700, so just under that, 160 grams of carbs, 127 grams of protein, that's okay, and 63 grams of fat. Five changes, cheese for the following, okay. So I think it's, it's a bit difficult to do with this on the free version, but I would just tweak that and just take that percentage off so you just have the actual macros there and then that number goes in. But 37.5, 67. Oh, 30, yeah, there we go, 32.5, Jay. There we go, 32.5. Uh, there we go. Excellent, cool. So I was 1% off, so that was 32.5, so that's all cool. So there, 61 grams of fat, 127 grams of protein, 159 grams of carbs. There we go. All good. We're there, ladies and gents. So if you have the paid version, you can actually just tweak and change the actual macros, or you can just do the percentages. The trouble is if you're trying to do percentages, uh, and you're on a live stream, it's probably not the best thing to do. So that's it. That's the focus, okay? If you need to tweak and change 
your calories, drop 100 calories a day, 700 calories a week, and then just either drop 25 grams of your carbs, or if you've got higher fat amount, about, te- um, about 11 grams of fat, okay? In the grander scheme of things, it doesn't matter too much because your fats and, pro- your, your fats and carbs are going to be all over the place throughout the week as long as you are in that calorie deficit throughout the week. So that extra 700 a week, your protein intake is sufficient. It doesn't really matter too much for your fats and carbs, okay, ladies and gents? Or as I said, if you are smashing the steps and it's very easy to add an extra 2,000 steps, then you don't need to change your calories. You just need to increase your movement. And that might be a great strategy if you're finding steps easy to do. Boom. Okay. We're going to go on to our Q&A session, ladies and gents. We've got about half an hour to smash out this. Uh, Jonah said, what's the best way forward after COVID? Something that John Legend once told Take me is... It slow. Oh. Okay, so... It can kick the arse out of you, COVID. I had it last Christmas and, you know, it made me not want to do anything or just sit there and watch Netflix. So start getting some movement back. It depends if your appetite's gone or not. Start getting into the groove, okay? And don't feel like you're behind, okay? Um, Go at your own pace. Take things slowly and start building back up, okay? The most important thing is just, you know, getting back to tracking, uh, getting a few exercise workouts in a week um, and then trying to get that step count up, Jonah. Okay, this one is from me because I still get a lot of questions from this. Once you have calculated your total daily energy expenditure in a calculator, you never have to touch that calculator ever again because you have real-world feedback. You know, when you're inputting your height, weight, activity levels into a calculator, the calculator doesn't know you as a person, doesn't know where you live, doesn't know if you've got kids, doesn't know what your lifestyle is like, etc., etc., etc. It's just a calculator with a guesstimate amount. Now you've been tracking your calories and tracking your macros for a couple of weeks. You have more feedback in what you should be doing than a calculator ever will so you never need to touch that tde calculator you just need to look at what you're doing and tweak and change from there so don't go back to the calculator because it's it's pointless okay go off what you're already doing okay andrea um what do you do to schedule your day and stick to everything you planned um, I'm a big fan of to-do lists, but I also have some, I use something called the Eisenhower matrix. And it's basically, a, I write down everything I need to get done for the week. And I separate it in four boxes, do, defer, delegate, and delete. And what they stand for is do, only I can do it and it needs to be done today. Defer, only I can do it and it needs to be done this week. Delegate, I don't need to do it, somebody else needs to do it. And then delete, I shouldn't be doing that. And this can be the same for work, this can be the same for um, your health and your fitness. And it's asking yourself, what things do I need to get done today? And what are the most important things? And like from a, um, how do I schedule my day is if I know I've got to hit 10,000 steps, I've got to ask myself, okay, what's my movement like for the day? What have I got planned out for the day? Am I going to do those in the morning? Do I have to do them on a treadmill? Am I going to do them in the evening? Am I going to be able to hit those? Um, the next thing that I normally do is prepare my food, um, I like to prepare my lunches. I like to ha- I like to cook breakfast. Um, I like I love to cook breakfast fresh. I like to have dinner fresh. So for me, I, it's prepping those lunches. Um, so I schedule and plan out my day, and I don't put too much in for the day. Okay, when it comes to work, 
I focus on getting three big things done a day, like my three focuses for the day. And when it comes to my health and fitness and everything, my focus is to get everything done early in the morning so I don't have to do it for the rest of the day. But that's just my strategy. Okay, so it's having a plan, but it's also having a plan B and knowing that if the day doesn't go right, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Okay, what matters is what I'm doing on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, and a yearly basis. So it's a case of, like very much like we were saying with your calories, if you mess up in one day, it doesn't matter because if you expand out in the week, you can test, you can tweak and change. And that's exactly the same with your training, that's exactly the same with everything. So I plan my day to do like a minimum amount as in what needs to be done today and anything else is a bonus and just having the, that kind of minimum effective dose I get a lot more stuff done okay Chrissy how do you manage family life work with looking after yourself gym steps healthy eating do you ever feel guilty about taking time for yourself and the answer is no not at all something I say to my uh, PT clients is if you don't look after yourself it's going to be a personal disservice to your clients because if you're not looking after yourself you're not being at your, your best self to help other people. And this is exactly the same for yourself and your family. If you're not looking after yourself, you're unable to have the energy, the you know, the happiness, the, the mindset, the self-confidence for your family. And you've got to understand that you've got to, you can't serve others from an empty vessel. You have to fill up your vessel first so you can help others. So it it comes down to making some sacrifices. You know, a lot of the time I say to people, you know, people say oh, I get up at half four in the morning. They think it's because, you know, oh, Joe's military routine, half four. It's just because I have a busy day at work. I know that once I'm in work that I won't be able to get my steps in. I probably won't go to the gym because I'll be working and I'll miss out on everything. So if I don't get up early and get everything done, I don't get everything done. So hence why I get up early. But also, I, I know that the sacrifice comes because I get up early. It means I have to go to sleep early because the most important thing for me is sleep. So it's looking at what you need to do in order to be able to do the thing that you know that you want to do. Um, and that's where the balance comes in. You know, my, my wife, Anna, at the moment, she's working till midnight most nights because she's got a lot of work on. And the only time that she can do that is when the kids go to bed. I'm very much an early bird and she's very much a night owl. So it's just, you know, mapping out your day and putting in the, the most important things, which is, of course, your own mental and physical well-being, and then everything else kind of on top, okay? And, and understand that's not easy, okay? It is hard, but something I always say, hard things, easy life, easy things, hard life. Uh, James, should I be focusing more on higher weights and longer rest or lower weight and increase training intensity? I hope, James, that you are focused on just following our training programs. And one of the main reasons for this is, you know, I haven't randomly picked these training programs to go oh, whack that exercise here, whack that exercise here. One of the things that I've added, of course, to these training programs is what's called progressive overload. So what you won't see and is the actual increase in volume over the weeks. And then week four, you, you tend to have a bit of a deload. You know, everything is planned in the workouts for you to progress. So follow the workouts. That's what I would say. Um, and it doesn't really matter because both, like if you focus on higher weights and longer rest and you've got an hour to be in the gym, you're going to hit a certain amount of volume. But if you've got longer rest periods, you're going to be able to hit less sets. If you go for 
increased training intensity, as in you have lower rest periods and lighter weight, but higher reps, great. You're going to get a lot more reps in, but you you might get not get as much volume in because you might not be able to lift as heavy because you're getting shorter rest periods in. So there's always you know benefits and disadvantages to everything, and there is no right way. You know your body doesn't really know how much weight you're list you're lifting. It responds to the volume in which you give it and the stress in which you place on it. And any kind of stress or volume that you place on it, there will be consequences to that. Okay. It comes down to personal preference. It comes down to adhering to the fundamentals of training, depending on your outcome-based goal, but hypertrophy, okay, muscle hypertrophy, progressive overload, mechanical tension, metabolic stress. If you have those variables in and then you're making sure that you're having adequate nutrition, you're resting and recovering and being consistent, then both will work just as well, okay? It's, it's the most important thing. The thing that you enjoy doing and can keep consistent with will be the best thing for you. Okay, so somebody said here, I won't name the name, how do I stop being an idiot and self-sabotaging? So I've had my fair share of self-sabotaging in the past. And one of the things that a lot of people talk about is the fear of failure. Okay, they're so afraid of fucking up and failing that they don't even try. Now, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about is the fear of success. Now, a lot of people self-sabotage and mess things up because... They believe that if they succeed in what it is that they're doing, that they have to be a different person. For example, if somebody becomes very successful with their career and their business, they, they think that they have to change who they are as a person, which is bollocks. If you get success with your fat loss goals and your fitness goals, sometimes you feel that you have to you know, change the people that you're surrounded with because they're on a different path. And that can actually cause you to self-sabotage. Um, this is a great example. If, for example, that you are doing this and you're getting progress and it's triggering people around you, your family and friends, you might not like that because you're afraid that if you do succeed with this, then you're going to feel like a bit of an outsider with your family and friends. So you're self-sabotage to make sure that that relationship stays healthy. Where in actual fact, the, the thing that you need to be thinking about differently is uh, your success doesn't mean that you have to change who you are as a person, change how you deal with people, et cetera, et cetera, change who you hang around with. You know, it doesn't at all. I would say that success doesn't change you as a person, just enhances who you already are. So if you're a bellend and you become rich, you're just a bigger bellend. If, you know, you're a bellend and you get a six pack and you're, you know, really healthy and fit and everyone likes you, you're just going to be a bigger bellend. So understand that, a lot of that self-sabotage is that fear of success. And the, the thing over that is to say, is for me to say to you, you deserve success. Every single person deserves to be the best person that they deserve to be on this planet. And everyone has it in them to be a massive, massive success. As long as they believe in themselves and as long as they believe that they deserve it. Because every single one of you here does deserve it okay so don't be afraid of the fear of success okay bambi um should people really be looking towards protein bars and puddings to achieve their protein goals are they really a good option or are they just desserts of added protein a lot of the protein desserts aren't just desserts of added protein a lot of them are dairy you know you don't need to buy protein desserts i mean protein desserts are quite expensive if you go to like tesco's or sainsbury's you can buy like cottage cheese you can buy fromage fray, and these are all very high-protein things that don't have flavor in them, but they're just as high a protein as all the other 
protein puddings and everything else. And what you can do is put some stevia in that. You can put some, you know, um, you know, some flavor drops and it's a cheap alternative because it's high in dairy. And of course, dairy is high in protein. So one of the things I would say is that pro- get, hitting your calorie target is important. The next one from that is hitting your protein target from good quality sources of protein. Not We can't all get amazing quality source of protein. I mean like eggs, lean sources of, uh, of meats, um, dairy, you know, all of that stuff. But if I can supplement that with a bar, if I can get an extra 30, 40 grams in with a, you know, a protein pudding or stuff like that, I'll use it. Because they're just, de- you know, a lot of them are just dairy at the end of the day. And if you don't have an intolerance to that, uh, they're a great strategy to get your protein intake up, especially if not having them means that you're not hitting your protein targets. Okay, Emma, uh, when I'm doing unilateral movements on the gym workouts, are the reps per side or in total? Some movements say 10 per side, some don't. So when it comes to a lot of the movements, a lot of the lunges, if you're doing a standing lunge, I normally say 10 on each leg. If you're doing walking versions, I say 10 up, 10 down, which is still 10 on each leg. So if in doubt, if something says, um, you know, most of the things I'm, I've got on there are 10 and, and 12. Some of the four, um, eight, six, four, eights have like reverse lunges and stuff like that. It's on each leg. Okay. So any unilateral movement, uh, if it says a number on it, as in 12 reps, assume that that is 12 on each leg because because um, that's what it's intended for, okay? Because we're hitting that rep range on each leg because it's a unilateral movement, okay? So hopefully that makes sense. Mikhail, how many hours sleep should I get in every night? Ideally, seven to eight hours sleep. That's what I recommend. I get seven, um, and I that for me is my sweet spot. Some people need more. Some people can get away with a little bit less, but I would say, look, seven to eight hours sleep. Um, not easy if you've got kids, um, but a lot of it is about getting a good evening routine as a good morning routine. I very much have a good wind-down period. I don't have my phone in my room. I switch off social media. I read a paper book in bed. I do some breath work, and that really helps me... I'm out like a light by about half nine. Okay, I'll go up at nine, um, read a book, do some breaths, and then I'm out. And I'm out because I'm up early in the morning, but I still get about seven hours sleep. And I find that's a sweet spot. Uh, Eddie, I've hit all workouts and six six out of seven calories this week, but had a two pound increase, four pound loss overall uh, due to have five beers at work event. I'm disappointed as they were tracked and not significantly significantly over calories. 500 but with exercise massively under for the week. What advice next week abroad can you give me? Okay, Eddie. So for the first thing, of course, you've lost four pounds last week and zero pounds this week. Okay, or a two pound increase. But if you lost one pound last week and one pound this week, you still um, would have lost weight. One of the things you got to understand as well is you're going to fluctuate with these things. But if you drunk or ate more, let's just say on a Saturday and Sunday, what you're going to have to understand as well is, like, for example, if, for example, you, you know, when we talk about changing your calories, so you have more on the weekend and less on the weekdays. Let's just say you you're on a two thousand, you're eating two thousand calories a day and you decide to have 1,800 calories a day, Monday to Friday, so you can have like 2,600 on Saturday and Sunday. One of the things that you have to also look at is what your body does with additional food. So if you are having 100, let's just say 100 more, um, 75 to 100 grams more of carbohydrates, you're taking that into your body, 
as in actual fuel. And then for every gram of carbs, you store three grams of water. So not only are you taking on an extra 100 grams of carbs, you're also taking another 300 grams of water. So sometimes when you're eating more on the weekend and you weigh yourself on a Monday or on a, on a Saturday, shall we say, or whatever it is, then that weigh-in might be more. But when we spread out over time, then the weight is going to go down. As already mentioned, weight fluctuates because we have different, you know, different amount of carb storage in our body, different amount of water. You know, it could be not yourself, of course, Eddie, but you know, if, if you're on your menstrual cycle, there, there's so many different things that happen, and that's why sometimes I say, look, if you if you look if you look at what's happening for the week, you spread out and you're just patient. Okay, over time it will go down, especially if you are in a calorie deficit. Okay. Um, five beers at work end event, no, that's a lot of beers. Okay. A lot of beers. Well, it depends. If it's five bottles, um, five bottles, you know, 130 calories a bottle, still like seven to 800 calories. If it's pints, you know, that's about 1400, 1500 calories in beer. Okay. So it's a lot. And, um, you know, somebody I said before, you just gotta just be careful when it comes to alcohol because it's very easy to have a knock-on effect, okay? So five beers, and it's different to each person, but if I had five beers, chances are I would have got up later, sort of moved less the next day. I would have probably been a bit lazier the next day. I would have probably had cravings for shit food. It's that sometimes a knock-on effect of drinking, uh, and I would have got a lot less sleep if I was out drinking five pints. Um, so there's lots of knock-on effects with alcohol as well, uh, and it takes a while for your body to recover, especially from that amount of alcohol okay so i would focus on um just reducing those um those beers down but also just being patient because if you are under on your calories and and you did, you did fall within your calorie range it's only gonna be a matter of time before you see that on scale okay keith uh, sit down stand up should it, i be alternating legs or does it not matter it doesn't matter in the in the grander scheme of things i just do it on one leg but if you want to make sure that you're even on both sides do it on both it's I find it a lot easier to stand up with my right than my left, um, but they just suck. That's why I put them in there. Sit down, stand up, so they just suck. Uh, right? Uh, one great thing about this uh, shred is that we are in control of what we eat. Hell yes. I'm hitting my calories and protein. However, I feel I could be eating better quality food. I therefore wondered if the type of food we consume while hitting these targets is important and will affect our transformation. Not necessarily affect your transformation, but not all food is created equal. Okay? So you can always have better food because you know more whole inverted commas cleaner food is going to have more fiber in it's going to have more nutrients in it's going to be more satisfying it's going to you know you're going to have less chance of overeating so there is a knock on effect of it but it's not really in the grander scheme of things going to you know affect because your body doesn't know what it's consuming okay it doesn't go oh this is an apple all oh, this is a banana, all oh, this is healthy food, all oh, this is bad food. What it takes on board is this is energy, this has protein, this has fats in, this has carbs, you know, this has a certain response in my body based on where I am, whether it's the morning, whether it's the evening. Um, so there's different factors that come in when it comes to foods. Um, but when you're having less clean food, should we say, more processed foods, there, there's just less of it. So it doesn't curb your hunger. 
it makes the game a little bit more difficult to play. And and generally, like coming from a competitor background, and none of you need to go to the extremes of this, okay. But when I'm when I used to compete, I used to get down to ridiculous low body fat levels for stage. And I what I find is when my calories go down, my food volume goes up. And the only way that food volume goes up is when you're eating better quality foods, such as potatoes, rices, lean meats, because you get a lot more food for your calories. So, so it's a lot more filling. So it's an easier game to play when you when you go inverted commas, cleaner food. So it can have an effect, but not in the way that you think. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Abigail, uh, is it bad going over your carb macros daily by 20 to 30 grams? Struggling to stay with uh, within while still cutting out back main carbs? Um, I hit my protein, but always below on fats too. Or is it okay as long as you... Okay, so the answer is it, you don't need to cancel out bread and pasta. Okay, you don't need to cancel out bread and pasta. If you like bread and pasta, have it in. But unfortunately, you probably have to have a lot less than you normally would because you know a lot of pasta is um, quite calorific. But it doesn't... If you like it, have it in. And the next thing is, it doesn't really matter. If you're 20, 30 grams over your carbs, it doesn't really matter. Just have lower fat. You know, some people like higher carbs, lower fat. Some people like higher fat, lower carbs. Some people like to change it up throughout throughout the week. That's absolutely fine. The priority is calories, making sure you're in a deficit. The second priority is making sure that your protein intake is sufficient. And then fats and carbs, whatever your personal preference is, it will not matter in the grander scheme of things. Um, and uh, being consistent with that will get you great results. Okay, so this is a great one for Jamie. Is having a cheat meal once a week a good idea? And the answer is no. And what I mean by no is the worst thing that you can do is look at food as cheating, okay? What does the word cheat say in the dictionary? It says, uh, cheat, all definitions, crime, Sex informal cars. So number one, act dishonestly or unfairly in order to gain an advantage. Avoid something undesirable by luck or skill. A noun, a person who, befa- who behaves dishon- dishonestly in order to gain an advantage. Similar, avoid, escape, evade, elude, swindler, cheater, fraudster, trickster, confidence trickster. Do these all sound like words? in which you want to add to your nutrition? No. A lot of people say to me, oh, like, for example, if I go to a restaurant and I have a burger and chips, someone will turn around to me and go, Jay, are you having a cheat meal? And I look and go, no, I'm having a burger and chips. One of the things with cheat meals, okay, is it is a normally a phrase coined by either the rock in which case, don't listen to The Rock. He's a 260-pound genetic freak who can pretty much eat whatever he likes. Um, or bodybuilders. And a lot of the reason that bodybuilders have cheat meals is it's more psychological. They're justifying having shit food um, to themselves. Now, when you don't look at food as good or bad, you don't ever need a cheat meal. There is no... Like having that in your vocabulary is the worst thing. And I'll tell you a very interesting. I had a client, uh, this was m- about 10 years ago, and she was not losing any weight. And I, I was I was racking my brain because the calories kept going down. The calories kept going down. And I was like, is there anything that you're not telling me? And she said, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I forgot to say I have a cheat meal every Saturday. I went, you what? She goes, yeah, I had a cheat meal 
I have a cheat meal every Saturday because my old coach said it's good to have a cheat meal. I said, I'm sorry, what? I, I, I was like, how much, how, like, what, what do you do in this cheat meal? And she goes, oh, I, I keep it under a thousand calories. And I just remember looking at her going, did you not care to think about telling me that you're having an additional half a day's worth of food every single week? And that's the thing that you're focused on. I was like, if you feel that you need to have a cheat meal in your diet, then there's something wrong with your diet. Because you shouldn't need to cheat on your, on your, on your food. You know, if you're going, if you're like, oh, I really fancy a burger and chips, go and have a look at how many calories you've got. Go and have a look at maybe adding, you know, restricting maybe an extra 80 or 90 calories a day, Monday to Friday, and then go and have a burger and chips doesn't need to be a cheat meal it's a burger and chips so uh is having a cheat meal once a week a good idea no just have food <laughs> that's it do not need to cheat on your diet uh chris uh, no one can totally agree understand the additional parts of how to win i.e with the exception of doing well losing weight building muscle can you give us previous examples in how it is judged what i would say and this is so important for everybody okay focus on yourself okay one of the things that i want to say with this is that you are doing the workouts you're hitting your nutrition you're doing the check-ins you're enjoying the journey and you're supporting everybody else in this group any person i think who is in here is just going right how do i win this thing will not win okay a lot of people going oh how do i win this how do i win this you will win this every single person will win the santa shred if they just get the most out of it and they just do the best that they can do with themselves without comparing or competing with anybody else. Okay, so if people are trying to think of some sneaky tactics to try and win this, they won't win. 100% they will not win. Uh, my focus, and I said, like, we, we look at total weight loss based on um, percentage weight loss. So that's, you know, how much you weighed versus that. That's only one variable. It's how much contribution you do to the group. It's actually doing the check-ins. It's turning up on things. It's supporting people in the group. And the, the additional bonus thing is who I, genuinely, who I genuinely believe has had a great physical and mental transformation. Um, and we spend all day looking through. We probably spend a day and a half looking through everything, okay? And the best person is always one. So I would say just focus on um, getting the most out of this Santa shred, doing the best that you can, helping people in here, smashing all your workouts and enjoying it. That is the best way that you can win uh, this Santa shred. The best way you can win is by not thinking about how can I win. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Uh, oh yeah, cool. how long How long will it take to build one pound of muscle? Okay, so it's very complex when it comes to building muscle. Not something that we're focused on in the Santa shred because we're focused on fat loss, but if you have been lifting for less than a year, you can, with the right nutrition and training, gain a pound to a pound and a half muscle a month. If you've had two to three years, you can probably gain about uh, a pound of muscle if you're lucky a month. And if you've been training like five years plus, you can probably gain about half a pound of muscle. Now, when we take into consideration that a pound in our body is equivalent to about three and a half thousand calories as an equation, if we are a new a new person training looking to gain a pound and a half of muscle a week uh, sorry a month then we need to be in a monthly surplus monthly surplus of about three and a half thousand calories which works out about an extra 30 it's about 30 to 40 calories above your total daily energy expenditure each day 
And then added to that is making sure that we are hitting our training, having uh, an adequate amount of rest, progressively overloading with our weights. That's it. Okay, so it's going to be different for every single person based on their journey. Not something, of course, we focus on the center shred because, of course, you need ideally to be in a calorie surplus. But if you're new to training, you can pretty much eat protein shakes and jam sandwiches and still gain muscle. Because, of course, a new stimulant, a new response in your body with something that it's not used to will equate to muscle gain. And that's why it's such a difficult thing. You, you can't just say, right, it's exactly that. Because every person is different. Everyone's on a different journey. Um, and it depends. So hopefully that answers. I know it's very kind of vague, but it all depends on the individual. Uh, Ruth, how important is the 159 grams of protein? I'm hitting between 100 to 150 daily. 100 to 150 daily is good. As I said, when it comes to calories, that's the most important. The next thing is protein, okay? Having enough protein is going to be um, vital for maintenance, repair, growth of everything in your body, um, but also satiety levels. Because if you're hitting a higher protein diet, you're going to feel a lot more fuller, which is so important when you're in a fat loss diet. Uh, Michelle, if you can't squat to full depth, uh, hip impingement, is there still a benefit? The answer is yes, if you're doing it correctly. One of the things I would be focusing on, though, is a bit of rehab work on your hinge impin uh, hip impingement. If you um, go onto YouTube, there's a guy called Squat University. Okay, and he's got some great um, resistance band, hip impingement, warm-up exercises, and rehab exercises, which will help improve that hip impingement. What I'd actually focus on is for some lower body training is to do some hip impingement um, mobility and uh, like kind of rehab prehab to help improve that squat. But of course, don't, you know, last thing that you want to do is, is cause an injury. And if going full depth is going to cause you to have a problem with that hip impingement, then of course, um, I would replace those uh, squats with something else. Oliver, is it better to break habits like snacking and grazing or okay to modify them with healthier alternatives? Yeah, absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with snacking and grazing. Absolutely fine. You know, some people like to have, uh, some people like to snack in between meals. Uh, personally, you know, I, I do, but I prefer to have bigger meals because if, when I have bigger meals, I'm less prone to snacking and grazing. But there's nothing wrong uh, with snacking and grazing. You know, as long as it's hitting your macros, your proteins, your fats, your carbs, and your calories, however you do it is totally up to you. Okay, Sean, how do you kick the booze? Having trouble doing it completely as it's such a habit. Mate, I, I understand completely this. Booze is one of my kryptonites, and I've struggled with it in the past. You know, 2020, I was get, drinking pretty much, not, not heavily, but a couple of beers every single day. And I just woke up on the 31st of August, and I was like, I'm done. Um, I, I go up and down a bit when it comes to booze. But one of the things that has really helped me is understanding why I like a drink. And a lot of the reason that I like, I, you know, personally like a drink is escapism. I like to work really hard during the week and I like to let my hair down on the weekend. And a lot of that letting my hair down so I'm not thinking about work is, a, is having a few drinks and not, you know, uh, and, and just having that escapism for a bit. But what I realize is there are other ways of having escapism that aren't detrimental to myself. So there's a book that I'm going to actually recommend here. Um, and it's by a guy called uh, Jason Vale. And it's called Kick the Drink Easily. So what I would say is just have a have a have a read of that. It might help. And uh, 
out of all the books that I've read, it's probably one of the best put together ones. So that's Kick the Drink Easily by Jason Vale. And so, you know, it's a habit. Habits have a structure, cue, reaction, reward. Okay, so cue, stress, cue, weekend. There's always a cue for having a drink. Your reaction is to have it. And the trouble with kicking a habit of drink is you get a reward. Okay, having a few beers tastes bloody good, makes you feel good in the short term. So it's replacing that reaction, but you still need to get a reward. So you've got to think of things that you can replace it with. So if a Friday night is the biggest and hardest thing for you to do, how can you change that? Well, you know, one good thing that I know a lot of people who who deal with, you know, kicking the booze do on a Friday night is they go and have a gym session. They have a really good gym session um, and their cue is stress or escapism. They look forward to their gym session and they get the reward with the endorphins. And it's not easy, okay? But it's changing that habit by understanding that habit loop. So I hope that helps, Sean. Uh, Sarah, uh, I'm always unsure about where to pitch my weights when I start out in a workout. I don't want to pitch too light, so it's too easy or too heavy. So I reach failure before my second set. Any guidance how we decide it? I was literally just pick up and go. A lot of it is about testing and adjusting. Um, one thing you'll notice with the Santa Shred workouts is we've got one, two, and three. Weeks one, two, and three with the gym-based workouts. And then week four is week one. So you'll have your numbers from week one. And you'll know better when you go into the workout again in week four. So that's going to really, really help. But a lot of it is testing and adjusting. And that's what's great about the, the app that we use, the Trainer Eric app, because you'll be able to see what you lifted before whenever you did that exercise. It will tell you exactly how, many, how much weight you lifted and how many reps. So the first time that you use the app, it is just testing and saying to yourself, oh, I could have gone heavier then. So the next time you do that exercise on any workout, it's going to show you your numbers and it's going to be so much easier. Oh, okay. I know exactly what to start on now because I've got previous experience. So it's just picking it up as you go, documenting it. So the next time you pick it up, you'll know exactly what it is. Matt, when looking at macros, would you say carbs over fats or fats over carbs for calories? Um, Personal preference. I like more carbs than fats because I love carbs. And um, what I find is I feel more satisfied having a higher carb, lower fat diet. Some people like more fats than carbs uh, because they find that having higher fat diet helps with their satiety levels. So it's personal preference. If you have more carbs and less fat, you tend to have more volume of food. If you have more fat than carbs, you tend to have less volume of food, but sometimes more satisfying foods. So it's personal preference. There is no right or wrong way. It's based on what food you like to eat and the way that you like to eat it. It's not going to make that much of a difference on your body composition. What's going to make a difference on your body composition is enjoying what you're doing, hitting your workouts and making sure you're in that calorie deficit um, so your body fat is dropping um, throughout the week. Okay, Jen, uh, loving the program and spent the first week testing what I am able to do due to a uh, yeah, frozen shoulder. I've really struggled with upper body and managing light pull exercises. Should I aim for three lower body a week instead of some um, instead of some cardio and core. And Jen, hell yes. You know, whenever I've had an injury, I've torn a, you know, pulled a rotator cuff. I've done some really stupid um, injuries over the years to my upper body and shoulder. And a lot of the time when I have those, I just focus more on lower body, cardio-based stuff, um, and I still get the benefit. One mistake that a lot of people do is they get an injury and then they stop going. 
when there's so many more things that you can do and focus on, especially your lower body. You know, I love lower body workouts and, you know, going for a run or doing some cardio core. So hell to the yes. Okay, Sophie. I'm a teacher who eats school lunch every day. Ideas of how to track log food you don't know the details of. Um, it's not easy. Um, and if somebody else is doing the specific meal for you, it's doing the best you can with what you've got. And it's just getting very good at guesstimating things. Whenever I go out, when I have food that I can't, you know, that I can't track to the letter, I kind of overestimate a little bit. Okay, so I like eyeball some rice and if it's like quarter of the plate, I'm like, hmm, okay. So that's probably around 150 grams of cooked rice. So I'll just make a note of things and I'll guesstimate. And that's the best that you can do. It's just going to be a guesstimate and always pick a little bit over. Um, and, you know, that is the best you can do because th there is no perfect way of doing it, especially with school dinners and especially when they're mixing up. But just identify the foods, identify the amount put them into your tracker and then guesstimate the amounts. Um, that is going to do so much better than just not doing anything about it, okay? Um, so hope that helps, Sophie. It's not easy, by the way. Jennifer said, can a lot of stress while we slow down weight loss? Food has been good, just very below calories this week and stress to the max. Um, it can do, yes. Stress increases cortisol. Cortisol increases water retention. Excess water retention can cause you to not gain, not lose weight or even gain weight. However, stress is different on each individual. When I get stressed, it affects my appetite. I eat less and I lose weight. So stress isn't always a cause of weight gain. It might be a cause of water retention, but that over time will reduce down. And if you're still in a calorie deficit, you're still going to notice that weight loss. Um, hopefully that makes sense, Jennifer. Uh, Tom, can I get lean without losing weight? Scales haven't moved, but I look leaner only seven places in my belly fat. And the answer is yes. You'll see some examples of this. People going, the scale hasn't moved, but my body composition has changed. And the answer is yes, of course it can. You know, if you are, you know, last couple of weeks, if you built a bit of muscle, if you've dropped a bit of water weight, you know, if you're holding on to more carbohydrates in your muscles because you're training them, then you're going to look very different, but the, the scale's not going to show that. Okay, so the answer is yes to that. And it comes back to what I said, would you rather look better and weigh the same or look not as good, but then see a result on the scale? Um, and I know which one I prefer. Uh, Tabby, when I was doing uh, the gym workout Tuesday, I gave myself uh, sciatic pain on one side. I'm not sure how I did it and it's getting better, but any tips to avoid it in the future? Um, one of the things about any kind of that's any sciatic pain of that is making sure that you're that you're stretching and you're warming up before you do it. Uh, a lot of my kind of back pain that I get, not necessarily sciatic, but it's when I have tight hamstrings and tight glutes. So if you really, really focus more on stretching and, and you know, um, releasing your hamstrings and group, uh, groups, uh, glutes, that will help with your uh, sciatic pain, uh, Tabby. I hope that helps. Have we got everyone back? I know I just noticed. Uh, oh, there we go. We are back in the game. Okay, ladies and gents, we've got a few more questions. I want to try and smash through them uh, as best as I can. Uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa was on about the Santa Shred Home Workouts. If you enter that code, Santa Home, onto the Trainer Heroic, you'll get access to the home workouts. Craig, 
Uh, my recommendation daily calories is 3,500, but I'm quite happy at around 2,000, 2,500. Is that too low? Uh, it is a bit too low, 2,000, 2,000. Be specific because 500 calories is a big difference, okay? That is 7,000 calories a week. Um, 3,500 calories sounds like a lot. You know, I'm just under six foot, uh, 92 kilos, a very active person, and I only need kind of, I, I start my calories on about 3,000 to 2,900. So I would probably drop that down a bit depending on your activity levels um, to maybe like 2.7, But it does depend on height, weight, activity levels. Um, but I would say maybe, you know, if, if you're hitting three and a half, you can drop that down quite a bit. Scott, I've been really struggling with sleep this week, not just because the wife's snoring. Is this normal? What do you suggest me to get more sleep? Um, having a good evening routine. As I said, making sure that you are not, you haven't got any tech in the room. I like to have an alarm clock to wake me up instead of my phone. Um, I'm just winding down. A hot shower before you go to bed can really, really help. And reading a paper book and just getting wound down for the evening can help with sleep. It certainly helps me. Just those things. Paper book, hot shower, uh, no tech in the room um, can really, really help. Uh, Paul, something more relevant this week is regarding calorie counting on bags of rice and the nutrition info. So um, Paul's asking about cooked and non-cooked rice. As a rule of thumb, about 100, cooked, 100 grams of uncooked rice is about 370 calories. 100 grams of cooked rice might be 130 calories, but it's dependent on the type of rice and the amount of water used for cooking. This is one of the main reasons that I use the Tilda microwave rices because I know exactly how much half a packet of that is and I know how much half a, a full packet is because I can just scan it. It takes two minutes in the microwave. Uh, most of the bags are a quid and it's just so much easier than boiling rice. Um, so I tend to do those just for ease, convenience and very easy to track. Emma, how do you get through a uh, period week when you are more tired, bloated and every weight feels heavier in the gym? So Emma, this is, this is the thing that all ladies here are, are, you know, essentially going to struggle with. When it comes to that time of the month, you are going to feel a lot more cravings. You are going to be holding on to a lot more water and you are going to be trained, you know, your strength's going to be down. You, you should already know that those are going to be a thing. So realize that when you are experiencing those things, that it's perfectly normal. A lot of people go, oh, you know, um, I've, I've gained weight. It's like, no, you haven't. You're just holding on to a lot more, more water, okay? Because it's it's that time of the month. Oh, I've got really mad cravings this week, time of the month. Oh, my training hasn't been as good, time of the month. And it's just understanding that this is a, you know, this is a, it's a normal process for it. And it isn't about, you know, getting annoyed with it. It's just getting through it and accepting it as a normal part of it. And when you do, it's just like, oh, cool. So I'm going to feel this, this, and this this week, and I'm okay about it because I'm, you know, I'm ready for it. I, I'm, I'm going to do my best for it. And once again, it's, like I say, it's not easy. Once again, it's so unfair for us guys um, versus you ladies, but it's just a fundamental part of it. And every one of you ladies um, are experiencing that, and um, it's just getting through that week. Hey, Laura, I hope my back this week's so haven't been able to train, kept my steps up, and nutrition has been okay. How do I catch up? Um, Laura, it sounds like you don't need to catch up. You're already doing the things that you needed to do last week based on what happened to you. So it's just cracking on week three. Let's go this week. Okay. I said the only person you're racing with is yourself. Um, it sounds like you responded well last week to what happened um, and you've got everything in. So it's just carrying on uh, into this week three. 
Uh, Lloyd, I keep getting niggling my left adductor. Turns out uh, I've got definitive muscle imbalance between legs. Cheers, reverse lunges. We managed to keep it under control so far. Any tips from reducing the risk and turning it into an injury? Um, be careful of the exercise that you're doing. If you're really struggling with reverse lunges, either swap them out or one thing that I like to do with reverse lunges is don't do any weight. Maybe focus on getting an ash pole or a pole or the side of a squat rack or that and then controlling it down, okay? Because sometimes actually improving your proprioception within that movement can help, okay? Especially with any kind of muscle imbalance, improving it by finding different ways of, do, of still doing it is a great thing to do. But just don't um, do an exercise which is gonna cause more harm than good. I'd rather you swap it out um, than push through. Crystal, um, can you, re yep. Can you reassure my battle bodies that you do not have to lose the most weight to win? Of course. Uh, had some days and veering towards the fuck it attitude and don't believe me when I tell that it's all, all down to how much. Yeah. So, Crystal, very much like I said with, um, I think it was Chris's question. For, this six-week center shed should be focused on you getting healthier, happier, fitter, and stronger, not winning. Okay. And if you see somebody else who's lost weight and they go, oh, they lost more weight than me, so I'm not going to win, so I'm not going to do this. You've just, you just lost the whole point of what we're doing this Santa Shred for. The whole point of this Santa Shred is challenge yourself and yourself only to get healthier, happier, fitter, and stronger in this period, to learn new habits, learn new routines, surround yourself with like-minded people so we get to Christmas, we feel great, and we're going to learn a lot and carry on. Okay, And, if, and one person will win the Santa Shred. But there's lots of people who will win the Santa Shred because they've learned so much which they can take into having their, their best Christmas ever and their best year ever next year. So do, it comes back to that comparison is the thief of joy. Don't look at what other people do and focus on being the best person that you can be because you've got more chance of winning just focusing on that than, whatever, than what other people are doing. Okay, Rachel, is there a difference between uh, taking the fish oil liquid and comparable capsules? Struggling with the liquid, but still doing it. So I thought it might help if I understood the benefit of having the oil in liquid form. Okay, so my Nordic oil that I recommend, 10 mils, I believe it's 10 mils. Also understand 10 mils of oil, if you're not tracking it, is 90 calories. So if you are having the fish oil and you're not tracking it, that's 90 calories a day, which you're not tracking. Um, 10 mil, I think... 10 mils of that fish oil contains every single bit of essential fatty acid that you need. When we're looking at high-strength fish oil, we need to understand that we need at least 2,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA a day. Now, when we look at the capsules, most of the capsules don't have that much EPA, DHA in. In fact, most fish oils that I see in the supermarkets and that, you'd have to have about 30 of them 30 just to get what you would get in that 10 mils of the bottle. So it's more about quality, okay? That's what it's about. If you have high-strength fish oil capsules, have a look on the back and see how many of them you need to consume to get 2,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA. And if you only need like four or five, they're really good quality fish oils. And of course, um, change them over one thing i will say though with capsules okay um a lot of people and this is why i have it in liquid form as well a lot of people with capsules get what's called fish burps and the reason that they get what's called fish burps is because they swallow a capsule without swallowing the oil the capsule bursts in this in their you know in, when they, when it's going down and then it repeats on them and then i noticed that a lot of people who have 
fish oil capsules, uh, they have fish burps. Okay, so not everybody, but that's another main reason as well. So you can have capsules, totally fine as long as there's enough EPA, DHA, 2,000 milligrams a day. But that fish oil, as I said, that covers everything that you need. Emma, when you're completely ruined the week, lost motivation, feel down, how do you pick yourself back up to carry on when the Santa Shred is um, not completely give up? Firstly, Emma, keep going. Secondly, we've got a month left on the Santa Shred. You don't learn anything from a perfect week. If there's anything that you can do the last week is look at the things that went wrong. As you said, there's quite a few things that have gone wrong. And that's great because one of the challenges for yourself is making sure that you're not going to repeat the same things next week, okay? definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result so review this week what didn't work and what you need to focus on next week to make sure that doesn't happen again we've got an entire month okay left on the center shred there's plenty of time so don't give up okay there's you're in the right place with the right people that want you to do well so keep going emma okay boom Okay, I thought that was it. We've got a few more. Um, should we always be reaching the reps that are pre-populated in the app or is it okay to fail training heavy? Um, focus on the workouts. A lot of those, of course, like this week was training the last set till failure. So you already have that as part of your uh, program. William, when it comes to training legs, which would you say is the most effective way of gaining muscle? Fully loaded, low reps, two to three, three to four, high weights. Once again, you're talking about reps and sets, what matters is progressive overload, increased volume over time. So it doesn't matter the weight and the reps because volume is weight times sets times reps, okay? So it's increase of all of that progressively on a, on a weekly basis. So it doesn't matter what it is that you do as long as you do it and you're consistent and it increases over time. So hopefully that makes sense. Boom, I thought that was the last one. Week three, ladies and gents. Um, some fantastic questions there, and I really hope you uh, just enjoyed um, the coaching part of that. Something that I said, week three, this is going to be wobble week, okay? You're going to have a bit of a wobble probably this week. Don't allow that to stop you smashing the rest of this, okay? We're getting into the good bits now, okay? And what's going to happen this week is the Santa Show is going to test you to see how much you want it. Every single person deserves success here so if you have a wobble notice it notice that it's probably gonna only last a day and by the time you wake up tomorrow you'll be back in the game so make sure that you're focused as i said this week is always the most difficult week if you need to slow down a bit this week slow down and remember what i said comparison is the thief of joy enjoyable maintainable sustainable and you can see yourself doing it a year from now we are focused on building good habits and routines don't focus on who's going to win the Santa Shred. What do I need to do? Focus on you. Focus on being the best that you can be, hitting all your workouts, supporting everybody into this group, and enjoying it because that person is the person that's going to win. So that's it for me, ladies and gents. Really hope you're enjoying the Santa Shred so far. And we're onwards and upwards to week three. This week, home workouts are going to get a little bit cheeky. Very cheeky, okay? We've got one-minute sets tomorrow. They're going to be hard. They're going to be challenging and they're going to be fun. So that is it for me, ladies and gents. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and I will speak to you bright and early um, tomorrow morning. Have a good one, folks, and I'll see you later. Adios, amigos. <laughs>